DW. Miriam Pizarro is a small farmer and lives in the Limerie Valley in the north of Chile. People like her are called cabreros or goat farmers. Pizarro makes a living from her goats. She sells goat cheese and goat milk. But in recent years it has hardly rained and her goats have been struggling to survive. The animals are thin. I have to buy them food because there isn't any grass for them to eat on the hills. If we don't produce anything, we don't have anything. The drought keeps making things worse. Several goats have died this year because the food that I buy them isn't as good as the natural grass. We lost 30 or 40 goats this year. The little ones and the female goats when they gave birth. They just weren't strong enough to keep fighting. For 10 years, a mega drought has been affecting more than three quarters of Chile's territory. The decrease in rainfall has created a water deficit of up to 70%. The government has declared an agricultural emergency in 138 communities due to water scarcity. Thousands of farm animals have died due to the drought. Even during the coronavirus pandemic, simple sanitary practices like hand washing are nearly impossible for many Chileans. The Limarie Valley used to be green and fertile. Now it looks like a desert. The hills are brown and dry. What remains lush green, however, are the agribusiness monocultures here. Avocado, grape and lemon plantations are thriving. The majority destined for export. 72-year-old Adoldo Castillo is also the owner of a small farm in the valley. We speak at the edge of a canal where water levels are low. He's been fighting for farmers' water rights and he says agribusiness is the main culprit for water shortages. The big agricultural companies pump water out of the rivers. In the 70s, this river had enough water for eight canals. Now there is not even enough for one. At that time, there were no big export crop plantations. But then agribusiness arrived with its monocultures. They destroy everything. Chile was the first country in the world to entirely privatize its water system. That means rights to water sources are owned and traded as property. Chile's water code of 1981 was established during the Pinochet dictatorship. One aim of this privatization was to attract foreign investment. That was successful, but trading water rights on the open market has led to high prices and concentration of water resources in the hands of big mining and agriculture companies. The water code neither ensures local people retain access to water nor protection of ecosystems around water basins. For decades, activists and politicians have tried to reform the water code and renationalize water resources without success. Political scientist Octavio Avendaño has been researching the water code over the last three years. I meet up with him at a busy cafe in Santiago. He believes reform attempts have failed because of the resistance of agribusiness and mining lobby groups. This leads to a dispute in many valleys, since access to water is becoming ever more limited. Not for natural reasons, not due to climate change, but because of the concentration of water resources, which is a direct consequence of privatization.
The water debate has dovetailed into a broader discussion over the neoliberal model in Chile, which prioritizes the free market over social and environmental rights. In October 2019, protests broke out across the entire country. People took to the streets to protest, displaying banners, chanting and shouting to express their discontent. Beyond street protests, they also organized assemblies to discuss problems such as pensions, wages, healthcare and water privatization. Alejandra Rojas is part of the assembly in defense of Elqui in the Elqui Valley, next to the Limerie Valley, another area severely affected by drought. These are things that we've been doing for years. But since the protest actions of October 2019, we're no longer alone. This awakening, this awareness has brought more people to our fight. I think that the demand for access to water is so important because without water we're nothing. We are 70% water. Water is life. The impacts of water scarcity are felt not only in rural areas but also in cities. The availability of fresh water in the capital Santiago is predicted to fall 40% by 2070. Chile is the 18th most water-stressed country in the world, according to the non-governmental group the World Resources Institute. Water stress occurs when demand for water exceeds available supply. In Chile, approximately 80% of water resources are used for agriculture. Copper and fruit exports alone translate into an annual export of water from Chile of around 1,900 million virtual cubic meters. That's about one and a half times the amount of all drinking water Chileans have access to per year. As citizens clamor for change, mining companies and agribusiness defend water privatization. Alfonso Rios is president of Agro Petorca, an agribusiness association. I met up with him in Petorca, one of the main avocado-producing regions in Chile. According to Rios, the drought and water privatization are two wholly different things. Since water was privatized when the water code was enacted in 1981, Chile has experienced great agricultural development. The Chilean model of water privatization is good. It has improved our farmers' life quality. In October 2020, a year after the protests began, 80% of the population voted for a new constitution in a referendum. In April 2021, the 155 members of the Constitutional Convention will be elected to draft a new constitution. Many advocates of a new constitution are seeking an end to private control over water rights. Among them is Lucio Cuenca. He is part of the Latin American Observatory of Environmental Conflicts and a candidate for the Constitutional Convention. Planteamos We propose to deprivatize and decommercialize water at the constitutional level. That means to declare it a human right and a common good. It also means to establish priorities of water use in the constitution, create a system of community management for every river basin to protect water cycles and guarantee fair distribution.
To resolve the water crisis in Chile, not only does policy need to change. Many also believe the very economic model, which prioritizes financial profit and exports over the well-being of rural communities and the Chilean people, will have to go. For DW, I'm Sofia Boddenberg in Santiago. DW 